1: This is Brian Reisman. Welcome to Side Jams, which is now a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. As a dynamic, powerful singer for the all female tribute band Judas Priestess, Militia Vox is helping to deliver an estrogen fueled take on a classic British heavy metal band. She has also performed with the likes of Dee Snyder, Living Color, L7, and Cyndi Lauper, among many others. Melissa has a deliciously dark gothic industrial solo project, the first album of which is called The Villainess, and a new remix album is forthcoming with the first single, This Leather Heart, having been released on February 29th, just after we did this interview. A woman of many talents, she is a classically trained pianist, directs and produces her own music videos, is a visual artist, and she has another musical project in the works, which she'll be unveiling in the near future. Now beyond music, Melissa is fascinated with all things dark and spooky, which as a lifelong horror and metal fan, I can certainly relate to this latest episode of Side Jams, we covered her creepy childhood, her fascination with sinister and eerie things, her supernatural experiences, and her love for seeking out haunted places while out on the road. She even got the chance to meet paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren and have her photo taken with that creepy doll Annabelle. This was a really fun interview to do and it made me think that we should have our own variation of a famous Monty Python song and call it Always Look on the Dark Side of Life. Okay, everybody, I'm down here well, in a secret. This is like a game room. Actually, it is. It's a game room in your room. building. It's a
0: it's a secret goonie trap for children.
1: I like that. Or something. Yeah, we were just at the <laughs> we were just at this this Luna Coffee Shop, which we like, but like it was it was like espresso machines going off. And what did you call it?
0: Oh, I said it was like the portals to hell. It was like the gates of hell opening up. Opening up, but really they were just making <laughs> espresso.
1: I know, and no one was in line either. I'm like, they're practicing making espresso. They were just
0: summoning demons.
1: It was crazy. So anyway, yeah. so. We're here chatting. I mean, uh, actually, actually, I think it's been like a year since I've seen you, amazingly. We met a couple years ago. We've yeah. been in touch through Facebook, but like, as many of you know, Militia Vox is slinger singer of Judas Priestess. Yay! And, yes. Uh, and also, you are the villainess. That's your, is your true. atmospheric kind of rocking, but also atmospheric goth project, which has got some yes. new music coming out. Oh, yeah. you have a new single. Oh, yeah. When is that dropping?
0: Um, Leap year. I could not. Resist oh, it's the 29th. releasing oh. something on the 29th because <laughs> I want that date emblazoned on the single forever.
1: Fabulous. Yeah. So you can only listen to it once every four years, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's
0: never going to age. That's good. <laughs> so Actually, that's Eileen Warrenis' birthday. Speaking of creepy.
1: On the 29th? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. The, the, I see you're trying to do something sneaky with that. I'm not sure what it is.
0: <laughs> it's just like... It's
1: a like, cursed single.
0: It is a cursed single. It's like, well, the thing about the single is is that it's actually a remix of a song I already had released. Okay. Like a song from The Villainous called This Is She, which is like a very dark, creepy, like uh, yeah, yeah. ferociously female, uh, super sexy song. And so I, I'm going to release a remix album this year because I got some of my friends to like remix tracks and make them sound like, you know. Super crazy, but I wanted them to okay. be very different from the original versions uh-huh. in the way that like Nine Inch Nails released Broken and Fixed. Yeah, yeah, so like this yeah. is the kind of like a, like answer to that. So the songs are quote unquote remixes, but they actually end up being new songs on their own. Okay, you know, just kind of like how like this song is called This Leather Heart, but it is a remix of This Is She. But you never hear This okay. Is She in the song because now it's become this. It's taken on this new life. Okay, and. Um, I kept, like, pushing it on my friends to remix it, and then no one wanted it, (laughs) so I ended up remixing. Everybody wanted to do my upbeat songs, so I was like, okay, well, I'll do it myself. That's how most things in my life work. Um, So I ended up making the beats and, like, remixing this thing and, like, producing it and mixing it myself. Seriously, the beat was, like, keeping me up at night. I was like, I just have to make it, so... I did, and now I'm releasing it as a way to, like, precursor this remix album. And You're I'm pretty cool. proud of it because it's, like, something that people don't necessarily know me for is to make this, like, kind of, like, super throbby, like, deep electro-industrial metal. It is industrial metal because I kept the guitars. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know Doc Coyle, right? Yeah. He's in Bad Wolves, and he was in God Forbid. Yeah. He's, he plays guitar on all my stuff. He's He's got the guitar parts. I just chopped up his guitar parts and layered them onto this new mass. Okay. And it just sounds really heav- heavy. So if ever there was anything such as industrial, gothic metal, this is it. With breakbeats. With breakbeats, of, yeah. course. of course. So it's like, it's super <laughs> funky. So like, think like Art of Noise, you know, like Moments in Love, yeah, Art yeah. of Noise, and think Nine Inch Nails, fixed, because that's what they are. It's that together.
1: That's cool. Yeah, because I mean, uh, the villainous stuff is... is it has a rock edge, but there's some stuff that's very kind of ethereal and ambient. I mean I mean you and I I mean you I, I grew up I mean I'm a little older than you, but we both seem to have probably glommed onto a lot of the nineties ethereal stuff.
0: Glommed, concept. that's a very nineties um, term. Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, wow, I managed to do that completely accidentally. I love it. You know, in the 80s, goth I got into later on. I don't know about you, but there's a a definite difference. You can hear the influence of The Cure and Susie Sue and everything like that in the later stuff. But then it was this whole other project records, test records thing, and the Heavenly Voices out of Europe, Mm -hmm. all the kind of beautiful voices. It actually kind of, I think, became a bit of a template for the Beauty and the Beast stuff. Mm You would hear with theater of tragedy and Mm -hmm. and stuff from then on. You know, all the stuff that we have now, the bands like Leaves' Eyes with them, Temptation, Nightwish, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm not so much into like I appreciate symphonic metal, but I'm more gothic metal. But also like I like beats, like it has to it has to have like a really dope beat, yeah. and it's got to have un- something unusual, genre bending edge to it. Okay. Like where you hear unexpected sounds or you hear like you know unexpected uh, you know tones or even rhythms and things like that. Like I like to take like a reggae tone beat and make it like super heavy. Cause it just seems more aggressive to me. It's like just, there's a very tribal like energy. I think that's part of like Tool's magic. Mm-hmm. Is like the beats are so tribal. Yeah. Like you don't really realize it for, at first, and you're like, why does this sound like the heaviest shit ever? And it's because the beats are just like old tribal beats in a way. It's really primal.
1: And you and I also bonded on just spooky stuff. Goth oh, yeah and horror movies and I was like oh, oh you're yeah. one of those. I'm one of
0: those. A dark heart yes we're dark hearts.
1: You've been telling me a story about when you were a kid that you you you, you kind of were like the blood splattered bride. <laughs> that's yes. kind of what you were so tell, tell everybody about that. I'd <laughs> okay so this
0: is like a crazy little anecdote from my past. So when I was a kid I was the flower girl in my cousin's wedding and it was the first time I had gotten my own, like, flowy gown, and, uh, it was so goth. I mean, it was ridiculously, obscenely goth. Yeah. And it was just kind of, like, this pale ivory, you know, uh, sheer tulle material and very, um, you know, they, it kind of belled out. So when you walked, there was, like, a train, you know. It's just, yeah, like, yeah. a super gothic. And, um... And I loved it so much. So on Saturday mornings, I used to get up and watch horror movies. You know, my parents would be sleeping upstairs. It would be, like, early in the morning. They just want to sleep in, and I'm downstairs watching, like, The Howling. And And so, like, I got the bright idea, like, yeah, I'm going to be, like, a blood bride. So, like, I got my mom's red lipstick, like, painted my lips red, of course, and then, like, drew blood splash, slashes, and splatters on this gown and took photos of myself polaroids and i thought i looked great (laughs) my mom saw the dress and she was like what are you doing she was (laughs) so beside herself and i was like oh i'm in a horror movie She was like no you're not (laughs) it was just i don't know it was too crazy but um yeah so i was always drawn to like dark things for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really am not sure why. Just because. Because you liked it. Just because. It was exciting. Um, you know, I told you this story about how I used to watch um, my first horror movie was Dawn of the Dead. And yeah. I would remember that scene where all the zombies were falling out of the elevator. And I used to think about that all the time when I would look at the closet door when I was sleeping. And it was, like, exciting. You know, it's like I wanted the zombies to come out. Like, I wanted to be, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to see them. I wanted to be like with them or part of them or hang with them or I don't know, some crazy thing. But my supernatural favorite. I'm, I'm a vampire person. Yeah. I love vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a thing.
1: Your thing. I like a vampire story. I don't see any fangs yet though.
0: You know what? I kind of have a natural fang. A, a, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But that was not intentional. It's <laughs> just, just like it's nature. But um. Yeah, I have a, a soft spot for vampire stories. More than zombies, I don't really love zombies. I would say that Dawn of the Dead thing was like, it was just the gateway drug. I'm a, a vampire person and a supernatural person. Like I I love poltergeist and stories about possessions and things like that.
1: Now you said you had a vampire story. Hmm? You said you had a vampire story? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. used to like vampire stories.
0: I like vampire stories. Um, but I had met the Warrens. You know who they
1: are. Yeah, yeah. I
0: met the Warrens in 1998. Really? Mm-hmm. What were they like? They were exactly like like how they're depicted in the Conjuring movies. They are, really? They are like that. They came to my school. Like, you know how, like, at the beginning of the Conjuring movies, you see them, like, at some school, like, doing presentation? Yeah. Like, that's what they did at my school. Wow. So, because I went to a uh, music conservatory, we didn't have sports teams. So... I was on the student government, and we thought it would be cute for Spirit Week to actually have it be like supernatural themed. So, <laughs> oh <boy>. <laughs> <laughs> so our Spirit Week was uh, featured the Warrens, and I remember this girl Melinda from my class was like, "Oh my God, there's this couple, and they're ghost hunters. They're real life ghost hunters." And it's like, this is like the internet was like was around, but it wasn't like what it is now. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you really had to search for somebody to find stuff like this it wasn't like loads and loads of tons of information especially like for older stuff it was like you had to dig so she found these the warrens on the internet and then booked them to come to the school and show slides and videos of amityville and possessions and all these cases that they had worked on wow yeah so i
1: you were creeped out no, <laughs> yeah, no, not like, at, yeah, at all. I was great. like, I was
0: like, this is awesome, um, and actually, Lorraine, like the school was in Boston, so it was like suspect as far it was haunting, suspect, yeah, yeah, for sure. And there was a couple weird incidents that happened when they were there, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up talking to them, and then later going to the Warrens' house in Connecticut, where they have the uh, the museum in the basement with all their collectibles and stuff and was able to, like, re- I reconnected with Lorraine and, like, her her son-in-law, who's now taken over the business since wow. she's passed and all this. So it's like, saw, it goes you, deep.
1: you saw all that spooky stuff? Oh,
0: I have pictures with Annabelle. <laughs> 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 People she, are like, how could you even stand near that thing? And I'm like, I loved it. I don't know. It's just, yeah, she
1: hasn't come for a visit lately, has she? No,
0: she has not, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish we would call her right something. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm sure she'll find a way to <laughs> yeah. get to you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, as a kid, I was fascinated. Like, I had a, b- a book of spiders. For the first years of my life, I loved spiders. And I had these, this book with these big pictures. And it's strange because then, then I just, I, it, I just didn't like spiders. Probably because they would always bite me or whatever. I think we used to go camping and the daddy long eggs would always crawl up on me. I'm like, really, guys? You know, You're a
0: spider magnet.
1: Yeah. And then later on, I ended up, uh, I had a, a girlfriend who had a pet tarantula. And at one point, I had two pet tarantulas.
0: See, like, I'm fascinated by tarantulas. I'm attracted to spiders, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. like, if for whatever reason, okay. um, but I would never imagine owning one or having to care for one. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's, like, another level of... I don't know what that is. Well, did you ever had, ask her why?
1: She just liked them. I mean, she had a spider tattoo. There's just, just something about them. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember why she did. I, I remember that at one point, you know, uh, one of her apartments was off of a... High, um, I think we at 93 in Boston, and she, she had to feed it crickets. So outside the highways roaring by, and inside there's these crickets chirping. And I'm like, this is just oh, really weird. Well. It's like city uh-huh. living and country living combined yeah. together at night. Um, wow.
0: Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, um, every time I finished a song, I've never said this on record, but like my closest friends know, every time I finished a song uh, at this studio that I worked out of in Hollywood, hmm? sp- like spiders would come out. In this studio space It was the weirdest thing I have pictures of it Like every time I finished a song It was like All these spiders Would come out And say hi It was the weirdest thing
1: That's your biggest Fan base evidently Kinda yeah (laughs) Too bad they can't Just call me
0: Black Widow Yeah (laughs) Too bad Yeah seriously
1: well, I, as a kid, I mean, I remember, I remember I was obsessed with this movie. Well, yeah, I love uh, Godzilla movies. I, evidently, I would scare the children in kindergarten by imitating the Godzilla movies that I saw. Because <sighs> you know, did
0: you do that for me right now? What would you do? Uh, oh, I,
1: I don't remember what I did. It was just like <laughs> me going like a roar. Like I would, I'd be like, rawr, but I, but I, I probably, I guess I must have put my hands on, been like, uh-huh. you know, and I guess the kids were disturbed by this, and I was like, I, I oh, find that wrong. It's
0: hugely effective. Yeah, it's Even now.
1: <laughs> you know, and, and or I would, I would imagine, you know, whatever Rodan flying overhead, they didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, what's wrong with this kid? And then, you know, I love this movie, The Beast with Five Fingers, with Peter Lorre about this pianist who has these people visiting his villa. He dies, and then his severed hand comes back to life. And the optical effects were so good that when they had the hand playing the piano at night, you could see it was kind of cut off, and you could see like the two wrist bones. there, like it was so good that it looks fantastic today. And so I can ima- I can understand now why when I was, uh, when I was like a tater tot, how that what, that freaked me out for years of having dreams of this. Severed hand flying at me trying to get me. It's like you oh, have those uh, kind of things.
0: Well, I kind of like took it to another level when I was a kid. Uh-oh. Like, I know it's so twisted, but I feel like there's other girls that maybe horror goth girls if you're out there. Oh, sure. And uh, you want to leave something in the comments about this because I think it's a thing. I remember as a kid being sexually attracted to Tim Curry as darkness and legend. That's like when he was the devil. <laughs> like, seriously. If you like, probably, if you put it on right now, like I'd have to have a moment alone. Like it's like it's a very erotic thing.
1: that's like sort of like the ultimate bad boy thing. like it's just
0: yeah. Know, like he's like a huge like demon. Devil. <laughs> yeah, like demon. it's like and like <laughs> with the voice and everything. it was just like so hot. you know, like I was a kid, I used to pretend I was Lily, you know, black Lily with the cage on her head and the black dress. Now we're really getting into my fantasies, right? (laughs) It's like, this is where it all comes from. My poor parents, they have no idea. Splash, splash, splash. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a three-in-one formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. It keeps you seeing safely all year long. Pick up some at
1: Walmart today.
2: See safely on the road when you apply a little
0: splash. What happened? I had posters of Freddy Krueger on my wall when I was a kid. I thought I used to kiss. Wow. Yeah, it's like next-level stuff. Yeah, it's it's not, just like... It's, it's just even, like
1: it's like the opposite of Elvira. She makes a joke at everything, like, no, man, bring it on. This they, is
0: totally. I mean, Elvira, she's like the ultimate, right? I mean...
1: It's funny, because I remember there was, I, I had a discussion with somebody that I know who runs a horror comic website, and he was talking about the fact that Vampyra was the original, and Elvira kind of came along mm-hmm. and sexed up that whole thing.
0: Yes, for sure. And, and
1: then Vampyra faded been, and there's some people who remember her, but not the same way they remember Elvira, because they remember oh, the sure. boobs, of course, and all well, that. Well,
0: Elvira was, like, so commercial. I mean, she was, like, a, she did, like, you know, you would go to, like, a liquor store, and there's a cutout of her, like, a cardboard yeah. cutout of her, like, selling beards. You know, it's, like, it's so random.
1: Well, it's funny, too, like...
0: It's super commercial. I, I, I think say. about
1: the goth and metal worlds, because in a way, like... The goth scene doesn't ever really want to get as huge as, like, say, what metal became. Metal's underground, and yet it's not. It's still mainstream enough that certain bands are getting in the top five or top ten, whereas, like, goth bands don't really do that. Goth no, artists rarely. It's so underground. Or it's like still. a crossover thing like Zola Jesus, where it just sort of, it's it's not truly goth, but it can appeal to goths, I guess. Right. Like,
2: right.
1: You don't never, you rarely ever get these things. I remember Cher's son had a band called Dead Sea, which had did one album. Mm-hmm. I had the album that they didn't release, and then the album that they released was better, but, like, there was these things that the late 90s, I think, just pre-columbine goth was sort of ready to sure, have its main yeah. it had its mainstream moment in the 80s but it, this was a different thing well
0: like typo negative was like the ultimate goth metal band you know
1: yeah. and um, they were they were tongue-in-cheek too though right you know, no my girlfriend's sure. girlfriend and stuff oh, yeah. like that it's all whereas like i don't kill think all
0: you, the white people was a yes. was like what the
1: exactly. <laughs> like they would just
0: make jokes i mean it's that's a whole nother level but like danzig was doing that thing Um, But the real goth stuff, the
1: real goth stuff, like the real sort of, as opposed to heavy music, like it's more like ethereal and kind of even classic 80s goth or some of that stuff. It was sort of getting there, and then I think Columbine kind of...
0: Well, Marilyn Manson was like goth rock, and then it ended up taking on this whole other thing. And, you know, Columbine made that whole thing come crashing down.
1: Yeah, I think there was I think there was a prejudice that kinda of came about. I, I don't sure. think it, I don't think it was just Columbine, but I just felt like I was writing stories. That was a
0: turning point for it, sure. Yeah. I
1: remember Absolutely. writing stories for Detour and C M J in the late well, nineties. Like, like, oh. oh go ahead. No, no, it just felt like it was getting it was getting there.
0: Yeah. Well anytime an artist gets pegged for for like or blamed for loss of life, you know, yeah. over their music. I mean, Judas Priest went through it too. Yeah. You know, it's like the
1: thirtieth anniversary of that this year.
0: Oh my god. It's so crazy. I'm late with priests, so, like, yeah. I didn't know when that whole thing happened, but I watched the doc at, way after the fact. Oh, yeah. And, like, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be, like, the artist and, like, sitting on the stand, like, defending your lyrics and defending, like, what you meant to say versus what you don't mean to say and, like, you know, how that could have triggered someone to take their own life and then having to, like, uh, defending your work to family who want answers in a scapegoat, you know, I can only imagine that feeling that's so...
1: I don't think it could really happen today because I think we've already had enough precedents that and I look at horror movies actually, horror movies are more mainstream now in the last 10 years sure. than they've ever been. Yes. It, was, it was Well, the 50s and 60s, it tended to be camp Mm-hmm. There, there were some things that were spooky, but there was a lot of camp stuff, because mm-hmm. Hollywood treated sci-fi the same way, like, mm-hmm. really yeah. ridiculous-looking aliens that were just made out of rubber that looked really bad. Right. And then this, like, with the arrival of, like, Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist, well, they that got one, amped up.
0: the stories got better. Yes. You know? So, I mean, I was a huge Exorcist fan. Yeah. I and, mean, like, I don't really get into Rosemary's Baby until later, because I don't, I don't like pregnancy horror stories, <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm just like, <laughs> okay, lost me. I'm just kind of like, blah. Um... But it I mean, missed. The Exorcist is the is the is the crown. It's yeah. the crown jewel of horror.
1: But then there's some people. I have, I have a friend who's like my age who thinks it's it's a lot of it's kind of funny. Like there are some people oh, that it's, yeah. I mean, there's, it's there's always
0: borderline funny.
1: Yeah, of course. I but mean, still The spider
0: walk is kind of funny.
1: But it creeped me out when I saw it the first time. Of said, course, and you're like whoa, cause you, yeah. It, it, but I guess, I don't know, the 80s horror kind of had this weird turn, though, because 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 of Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and well, Jason... Well, you end up getting
0: the uh, franchise horror The franchise,
1: movies. and it got more humorous, because after a certain point, yeah. even the even the Friday the 13th movies, they just, with all the kills... Kills. They, you know, they started getting funny, because, like, what can you... You can't keep making this look scary. You know what's going to happen. Right. I mean, as a kid, I watched... I remember seeing Friday the 13th, like, part two on cable, and it was the mm-hmm. opening scene where he this woman finds the head in the refrigerator, refrigerator and it yeah. freaked me out, and today... It's a little different because people have gotten so used to extreme violence and some of the crazy uh-huh. stuff that went on and all the torture porn that came in the wake of Saw, particularly mm-hmm, that whole mm-hmm. franchise, that it's different now. Yeah. It's sort of fascinating to see what older horror movies people still like or they're attracted to because you think that there's certain movies that you think, oh, you're going to love this, and they are like, eh. Right. But then, you know, like I have a, a friend of mine, his, his son is 17, and he likes a lot of that old stuff. He did wait to a certain age to let him see it, though. He didn't mm-hmm. let him watch it at, like, 10 years old, which I thought cool. was interesting. You know, he waited until he was, you know, like, early teens to really get this. That's when we would be, well, you were watching The Howling and probably. I know, you were really, digits, yeah. So, I mean. And, like, my, f-
0: <laughs> my friend's parents used to tell my parents, don't let her bring horror movies over to our house anymore.
1: Wow. But yeah, it was that bad. Like, oh, I was really so that. addicted. But you seem so sweet and normal. Well, well that's when, because when you're when on stage, obviously, you're raging and you're, yeah, in your metal mode. because but, like, I'm
0: able to, like, vent that shit, <laughs> you know? I feel like if you don't have an outlet, that's what makes you crazy.
1: Yeah, because people probably look at me and go, oh, you're so nice. I'm like, yeah, but inside my mind lurks some very
0: <laughs> What did you call it? You said tragic, uh,
1: oh, I'm, oh, I'm with the tragic goth- romantic. Yeah, I'm with the coughing, I have a tra- <laughs> tragic romantic Allure. I'm, well, I'm in touch with my inner tragedy. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Uh-huh. And, uh, I love it. And I, and I think also, like, you and I, you know, went through certain normal teenage things, but, you know, I don't think either of us had such, like, major... There's certain major trauma people have gone through with mean, yeah. it. And I think people who have been through a lot of really tough stuff probably don't view it the same way we do. It was oh, really. Sure. I don't know what the fascination is with that darkness, why I like it. I mean, I, I collect old DC horror comics. I love... I still keep up with new horror movies.
0: I go see... I pretty much go see everything, even the bad stuff. I love anything that, like, A24 puts out or Blumhouse. Like, they're making really cool, like, unique horror stories right now. The witch. So, like, of course. And, and like, uh, you know. Hereditary. Hereditary is, like, that to me, that's, like, one of the best mo- horror movies to come out in recent. Ari Aster is, like, but he makes those stories. Like, he makes, he's one of those people that I was telling you, like, I'm only interested in stuff I've never seen before. Yeah. And he's one of those that consistently makes stuff that has just never been explored you know like ultimately like i always have said like the most horrifying things are like people real life you know yeah yeah. and even like family secrets and things like that like he goes into that territory which like has never really fully been realized in any other horror movies not like this
1: well, you know, it was interesting to us, t- I mean, like, you know, the, the Italian horror of, like, Lucio Fulci and Dario Argento, which has some really striking imagery. The stories mm-hmm. aren't always amazing, but the right. imagery on well, the Tenebrae is, is pretty wild. But then there's also, a, a, there's more than an undercurrent of misogyny there. Of like, course. Like, as a woman, how do you feel about a lot, of seeing a lot of that stuff? Well,
0: I mean, like, I'm, I guess, desensitized to a lot of it, honestly. But, like, now I've kind of reached a stage in my life where I'm just, like, I don't want to see that story anymore. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. tired of it. I'd rather see, like, I think that's part of the reason why Hereditary was so damn good to me, was, like, the female lead is unreal. Like, you've never seen a character Toni like Collette, that. Yeah. Tony Collette's character oh is unreal. And then, like, some of the things that she does in it, you're just like, it's, you just, like I said, you've never seen it before. But it was, like, a fully fleshed-out character. That's what I enjoy. I want to see fully fleshed-out characters that have a lot of depth that do some of the most fucked up visual things you've ever seen in camera. You know, yeah. stuff that stays with you. When you look at it, you're going to remember it when you go home and turn off the lights. That's yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of stuff that I like.
1: <laughs> well, I like it when it has a point. Like my favorite yes. horror movie is The Changeling with George C. Scott, which oh, is a, uh, haunt, a haunted house uh-huh. movie, which it's, it's, it's a murder mystery, but mm-hmm. it's, it's got different levels going on in it. I've See, I don't th-
0: like like baby things though, because there's like the changeling oh, like, was in the yeah. The I, like I get lost on like what it's baby pregnancy horrors. I just go. Eh.
1: I love at least I love things that challenge your sense of reality. It yes. also yeah. There's a lot of that stuff, and I mean, and and then you know in music. The, the thing with goth is it's, i i have actually learned to appreciate the the lyrics of Sisters of Mercy a lot as I I'm get older. Sure. You think of them as like the just prototypical Goth band when you sure. listen to what they're talking about it's very different it's
0: very different, yeah like more well, real world
1: themes it's yes not, that's not
0: like, the thing with like Goth. I think people listen to the music and they don't realize the depth of what is going on lyrically, yeah, you know um but the ones that do those are the ones that fall in love with it you I know mean, the it's the man. same thing with the cure though. Because the Cure, like, I mean, Robert Smith says he doesn't identify the Cure as a goth band. Which, like, how can you say that? But, um, but he he says he doesn't. There's, but arguably they're a pop band to some degree.
1: Let's go to bed, and you know, know, Friday I'm in love. But yeah, but he (laughs) said
0: like he was like the only goth song that we ever wrote was Cold, off of uh, Pornography.
1: Well, disintegrations a pretty effing freaking. Well, that's, that's what I dark thought too. Record, but I was just like, yeah, it's it's
0: it's goth. He just you know whatever. Well, but
1: you know what it is? I c- I can understand like like Susie and the Banshees and Sisters for them to not say they're goth. I mean like when Andrew Eldridge is like we're not goth, like dude, you are.
0: Like you are. But
1: Bauhaus saw themselves as like an art rock band, and I can see why because yeah. not all of those songs have that dark quality. They're right. weird and noisy and experimental at times, but they're not totally. You know, Bella Lugosi's Dead. I'm, I'm so sick of that song, and it's, right. it gets associated with well, the people hunger. People always
0: use it. As like I mean that's like the national anthem for goth.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 overplayed. I mean it's the same thing with 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 the Cure where they they walked a line, but then in the '90s it went in all these different directions. So it was like ethereal. Well, think, and there was well, voices. it comes
0: down to song structure. Industrial
1: electro goth.
0: Yeah, it comes down to song structure really. I thoroughly believe that. Like for example, like Trent Reznor wrote great songs that had structure. Yeah. Even though he's industrial, the songwriting was. A pop song style so like yeah you couldn't necessarily it was it's unfair to call him just flat-out industrial and I think that's the same with the cure like they're gothy but they wrote a pop structure, song structure yeah so that's why they don't want to be referred to as goth because they're probably thinking as musicians goth means we're kind of making formless music when it's not.
1: Well, Trent Reznor, to me, was more goth than, say, Marilyn Manson. I always thought there was much more of that vibe with him. I thought it was funny when Madonna did her gothing with Frozen, and then she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not I'm not goth. I'm like, yeah, but you just totally, just ble- totally ripped off the image yeah, and the whole shtick. Yeah. Don't sit there and, like, deny it. That pissed me off. It's like, well,
0: because, I, yeah, I mean, she's, she's just divisive, <laughs> period. That's all. She should have her own genre called divisive, Yeah. you know, or derivative, you know, whatever. But, yeah, oh, but I digress. I did want to say that, like, um, you know, because we were talking about, like, how all of this is, like, overlapping and, 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 and like, an incestuous thing Goth, for me. Goth, metal, horror. Goth, metal, horror. Yeah. So when it's I'm on tour, place. I always try to hit up, like, the weird points of interest, yeah. like the oddities, the um, unusual, yeah. like, sites where this happened or such-and-such such movie, horror movie was filmed here mm-hmm. or... That kind of thing. So, like, like when people ask questions, like, oh, so, like, when you're on the road, like, what do you do, like, when you're not, like, doing the show? And it's, like, you know, it's me driving around whatever band I'm with to find haunted places or, <laughs> or to find, <laughs> like, find the weirdo spots. Oh, yeah. What was the most haunted place? I thought? do my research before I get there. The most haunted place? Um, well, we played up an eerie. Isn't that perfect? Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. At this place called Sherlock's. To any touring band that is driving, you know, through the Midwest to the East Coast, you've probably played Sherlock's, a Any okay. rock band. Um, the venue is old as hell. I think it's closed now. The venue's old as hell, and when you go in there, you just feel, like, energy, presence, something. Mm-hmm. And... uh Each of us could tell you individual stories about how we were upstairs in a dressing room by ourselves at some point and felt like something was there looking at us. Oh, wow. Like, all of us have the same stories, like of us being there alone and and, like had to get out of the space because it seemed like we weren't by ourselves. Like, (laughs) all of us have the same stories. And then in the basement of that place, there's tunnels. And they said that like part of the tunnels were used during the Underground Railroad or for the Underground Railroad. And they tried to close up one side of it so it literally looks like like an Edgar Allan Poe story. Like oh, where wow. they tried to bury someone alive in the tunnel, you know, like a cask. Josette tells it better than I do. Josette, guitar player from Judas Priestess, tells yeah. this story better than I do because I was, like, too caught up in it. We were trying to contact spirits in the basement of Sherlock's. <laughs> and it was just, like, us with, like, the light of our cell phones oh, in wow. this, like, dark tunnel. And... Uh, there were rocks on the wall and if you ran your hand over them it would make like a rain sound as Mm. they would fall. So I was doing that trying to like reach out to you know these spirits Uh. and then I stopped doing it and then I guess Josette and Gita were doing it and then they stopped doing it but the sound continued and they had stopped doing it. Like we weren't doing it anymore but it was continuing and I didn't realize it at the time because I was like doing all the talking and we were like drunk and like being like you know like if anyone's in here you know you know make your presence known
1: yeah those ghost shows and yeah (laughs) and
0: these girls were like freaking out because they could still hear the sounds and I thought that they were making the rocks fall but actually it was not any of us that was doing that and I have it on audio somewhere that was one of like the creepiest moments um,
1: and you're a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, too, you told me, Cause oh, you're from Baltimore. hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You had the caretaker story.
0: Yes, um, yeah, so at, like, fourth grade, they first taught us about Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. That was, like, our intro to Poe, and uh, I was just obsessed from that moment on, and uh, we went on a field trip to his grave and his house in Baltimore, and... I met the caretaker, and he said in all the years that he's ever been there like and seen field trips come and go, he said no student had ever brought flowers to the grave. I had brought all these roses um, to lay on the grave of Edgar and his wife and his mom. That's cool. And so, because of that, he remembered me and he included me um, in, they had like a ceremony on the anniversary of his death like a year later, and I was in the ceremony, so goth bragging rights over here, big time. And now you're you're buddies. Now we're buddies, and we still talk on Facebook, actually. And uh, this is since I was in fourth grade, okay? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he looks like how a caretaker should look. He's got brown tweed jackets and, you know, thick glasses, and he's got uh, four fingers on one hand, which I never asked him how that happened because it's more fun to, like, think of how it happened and imagine how it happened than to ask him the truth <laughs> <Would> <laughs> but he's still the caretaker
1: do you think that maybe part of the uh, the attraction to dark stuff for you is the imagination that you're just conjuring these things in your mind
0: oh of course of course I was an I'm an only child so that was probably the big payoff was my man my mind would be able to like weave these stories and create these pictures and imagine you know, these unusual situations in my head, you know.
1: Have you ever thought about why you like all the dark stuff?
0: Sure. I've thought about why. Have I come up with any good reasons? No. No. It's just something I've been into since I was a kid, and there's literally no explanation for it, other than I find it exciting.
1: You read any any horror books?
0: Oh, sure. I like true crime, Mm -hmm. you know. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. I love a HLM, <laughs> you know, listen yeah. to HLM on Sirius satellite radio and watch like forensic files and, uh, you know, serial killer stories.
1: And um, my girlfriend loves the true crime stuff, which can be more gruesome than some of the stuff that we, you know, Oh yeah.
0: I'm a big Eileen Warnes fan. I like anything that, you know, I love her work. Right. Uh, oh, God. I, know, I just like, you know, I just... that. I know. I just like, I was so obsessed when she first came out because I was still... A kid yeah. and I remember the news was blowing up going there's the the first female serial killer and I was just like wow like what happened that pushed her to this because women don't do that shit so I find them more fascinating like it's more of like a fascination rather than like oh I want to be like her or anything like that I mean it's like that's not the interest I'm amazed by stories you know unusual stories
1: we conjure our own ghosts in our mind. We live with those every day, sure. and I think that's a lo- what a lot of. I think a lot of horror films are metaphorical, and and, and people who cr- are critical of certain ones don't get that it's not simply about that. The Haunting of Hill House, the series, is about grief. Mm-hmm. It's about loss. Yes. it's about coping with a lot of emotions you don't know how to deal with. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those things in there that could be real ghosts could be things in people's minds. Sure, it could be the house. You know, it's the house manipulating them into whatever. But sure, yeah, we had a
0: thing like that. Okay, so like I grew up. In Maryland, between like Baltimore and DC, yeah, yeah. So like Ellicott City, Columbia, and like it's super old. Like it's like the buildings are old. Um, but there was this one spot in Ellicott City called Hell House. It was a uh, it was uh, a school that had burned down, like a women's college that also yeah. was like I don't know. They say, there's so many stories about it. They said it was used as a, a as a, a mental you know like a mental ward like a like a psych ward or whatever um and it was a college it was this and that and you know and it was this big sprawling building that sat on top of the highest point in Ellicott City so it was not uncommon for like teenagers to go down there and like smash the windows out or Mm -hmm. go up there and like do drugs have sex like drink whatever you know um or just like try to climb in and like look around for like you know the cheap thrill whatever but like I used to go up there like me <laughs> like i would go up there with a flashlight and just like oh, wow. you know look around like me and my best friend at the time would go up there and try to crawl into the house you know i mean like crazy shit and there's a lot of cults mm-hmm. in that area so it was like not uncommon to see like people like a group of people in black trench coats you know walking around up there or wow. to see, like, pentagrams carved into the trees with barbed wire wrapped around them. Wow. Or, like, dead animals in a circle. You yes. know, like, that's the kind of shit that was going on where I grew up. You know? So, like, it was normal. So, right? so much about Doesn't you it? <laughs> see, it all makes sense. Like, we used to go up there just for kicks, just for fun, mm. just to look around. You know? I wish I had, like, photos of this because it actually, like... Got burned down on Halloween one year, uh, um, uh, and now they do weddings up there. Can you believe it? <laughs> they do weddings up there and wow. special events. You can like get married at Hell House.
1: And you wonder what they're taking home later on. I know, Let's right? Take home with them.
0: But it, there used to be a caretaker up there that would shoot you, like if you, like oh, wow. if he caught you on the property. Like, well, I so like there you. was oh. all kinds of shit that went on up there. But That's I've always been attracted to that kind of thing any time that there's like a weird point of interest like that like I must go. I drove the priestess girls like out into some field in Pennsylvania cuz they said the gates of hell were out there. Uh-huh. And all we found was a bunch of deer. <laughs> <laughs> but we went for it, damn it. <laughs> Actually, Hillary Blaze's sister is a ghost hunter. Yeah, she would go on like she would go on like uh whatever they're called hunts, yeah. whatever the hell. Um I don't know. That's is fun to me. It's my dream to like finish. Well, I have to finish working on it, but I have a uh, a horror movie story that I'm. I wrote the treatment for, huh. and I have to like flesh it out more. It could or could not be a Conjuring, because mm. it involves the war.
1: Well, I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank I think you. Gonna, I, oh. think, I think I'm like. Oh, wait, go
0: ahead. I, Fuck, we didn't even get into, like, the October trips thing. And
1: but I just rest? was going to tell you, Wait, like, tell yeah.
0: I just, like, super quick. Every October, I go around to all the, like, haunted events. Hmm? And I like, just try to cram as many of them in as possible. So I do, like, L.A. Haunted Hayride. I do Universal Horror Nights. I do, uh, you know, Queen Mary 2. Wow. Haunted Harbor. I do... Um, uh, I've gone to haunts in Nevada. I've gone to haunts in Florida, um, all over the East Coast, D.C. Yeah, yeah. I go to, like, Blood Manor in Bain in New <laughs> York. I go to, wow. like, I go to Brighton Asylum in New Jersey. I mean, like, I've gone to so many Fields of Screams in that, Maryland. That makes you happy. Oh, yeah. But I'll go to, like, two, three in a night if I can.
1: And you're still not sick of it? No. That's pretty awesome.
0: I, like, enjoy it <laughs> so much. It's That's, like, one of my obsessions. And I've only met two other people that do the same they're like yeah they go out to like this and that haunt you know this new haunt that opened up for october you know
1: yeah you're fear addicts
0: we yeah but like here's we actually got me and my friend got kicked out of one of these haunts or they tried to remove us because we were taking too long to get through because we were looking at everything and like taking pictures wow and they were like on the radio (laughs) as they like kicked us out and they're like yeah they're out now yeah got them out okay and these people were like what were you guys doing in there i was like just looking at everything that's funny. they were so disturbed that's
1: funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. i'm an addict it's true
1: that wraps up this latest episode of side jams please join me for the next installment which will be coming soon the tunes used in this episode are from fox and the law and i licensed them through AudioSocket. as always thank you very much for listening